Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Welcome to Julie's episode of (laughs) the Places Where We Go podcast. Hey, so it's been a few weeks since we've uh, last been with you. We had our last episode on San Antonio, part one. And since that episode... We had mentioned a whole bunch of things we were dealing with personally. Those things have continued. Plus, I think it was just a couple of days after we recorded the last episode, I came down with COVID. And there you go. Art came came down with COVID. Thank you. (laughs) I'm still having trouble talking. So Julie's going to carry most of this episode. So we're going to take you through some more things we did in San Antonio. Julie, take it away. And here we go. This part of the San Antonio trip had to have been my favorite. Uh, We had decided that we were going to bike the San Antonio Mission National Historic Park Trail. And it is a UNESCO World Heritage Site in Texas. And we decided to bike it instead of walk it because the distance that it took to go from each mission from mission to mission, basically. Yeah, I think our original options were to either drive from mission to mission in a car. We threw around walking, but we knew that that kind of walking would take uh, all day plus. So Plus for sure. Yeah, Yeah. so something that we ruled that out. And we had kind of taken a drive in that area, and we found the bikes for rental in the city. So So that was fantastic. Yeah, and and they're electric bikes. They're pedal your own. They were electric bikes. Yeah, you which pop in your cooler. credit card, take a yeah. bike, and off you go. Yeah, so we thought that's pretty neat. That's a good way to get around. A uh, little bit nervous because we hadn't ridden a bike for over 30 years. It's, I, I mean, it, it's it was been a long de- time. Yeah, it was decades for me, I think. Yeah. yeah. So we had gotten to the initial first section of the trail, the Mission Trail. And we had initially planned on a four-hour type of experience through this mission trail. Yeah, that's when we thought we were going to drive it. Yeah. Yeah. And by the time it was all done, it really consumed the entire day. Yeah, we probably were finished shortly before sundown. Right. Matter of fact, we got a little nervous. Yeah. Because we were still on the bikes and it was the sun was going down. But yeah. we, we did fine. The missions themselves are incredible to visit. I thoroughly enjoyed every stop that we made. It was probably close to a half an hour at least between each one. With the longest one probably being the Mission San Jose. Yeah. No, so the, the missions in Texas are a bit different than what we're used to in California. Because our missions in California are roughly about 40 miles apart. So they're like a a day's, 
I think a complete day's journey if somebody was traveling on horse or whatever mm -hmm. the mode mm -hmm. of transportation was back in the day. These four missions in Texas are much, much closer together. Right. Right. So you can easily knock four of them out in one day. In one day, easily. The highlight, I thought, was, and I think you agree with me, was the final stop that we had, and that was at the Mission Concepcion, where we kind of stumbled onto somebody that was speaking about the mission. He was a volunteer, and he had been doing this for years. There was some cessation for him because of COVID, but he was resuming his talk. I can't remember how often he did it. I don't know if it was once a week. I believe it was once a week, if not two. And he would just come and people would gather and he would start in the mission church itself and talk about its mission's history. And it was fantastic. The backstory that he provided about this mission, just, I mean, we were captivated. We, it was so incredibly interesting and none of it was really something that we had seen or read about, whether it was on the placards or, or in some kind of writing that we picked up. We didn't know this about the mission until we heard this volunteer tell us. So he was able to convey that on a certain feast day within the Catholic Church, which is called the Feast of the Assumption, there is a spectacular kind of phenomenon with light within the church itself. And it happens every August 15th, regardless of what is happening in the celestial heavens somewhere. And apparently, regardless of leap year or not, yeah, which right, is really interesting. Right. So super fascinating. I would, I would highly recommend if you're interested in that and you visit this particular mission to, to look into that. What is it that happens, Julie? So they call it a sun phenomena where the windows within the church itself create a what they call a double illumination. And that double illumination is directly upon the altar area itself and the significance of this phenomena, this light phenomenon is significant to the altar and what it's shining upon. And it's just absolutely incredible to me. They have paintings in that church that are significantly old. I believe 1600s, 1700s, around there. And this one painting in particular that is over the altar gets illuminated in a particular way every year on August 15th. And for us, it's a sign for, you know, for Catholics, it's a sign for others. It's something that you can ponder and wonder, what does that happen? Maybe try to figure it out yourself. You know, maybe you have an explanation for it. Who knows? But nobody has been able to explain it yet. Yeah. So the mission, I agree, that day was the highlight of our San Antonio trip for me as well. One of the things that's interesting about these missions, and again, this is different from the missions we have in California, the ones in Texas are part of the national park system, but these four missions have working churches on the properties. Mm -hmm. So the churches are part of the Catholic diocese in the area, which sit on the grounds of the national park system. So mm -hmm. there's kind of like a dual thing going on there. Mm -hmm. Very enjoyable. Lots of history. Even if you're not Catholic, yeah. it has a ton of uh, Texas history. Yeah. It's, it's really, really fascinating. Yeah. And if you'd be interested in doing the tour of the missions on bicycles, or even just touring San Antonio on bicycle, 
we'd recommend looking into what are called the B cycle stations, which are throughout San Antonio. And it's a really convenient, super fun way to tour the city. You mentioned, yeah, it was decades at the time of this trip since we had been on bikes and it just felt like being a kid again. Yeah. It was an absolute blast. It was, it was wonderful. And we yeah. were also, uh, most of it, we were riding uh, near the San Antonio River, which is about 10 miles of trail. So that was incredibly enjoyable too to be riding along the river and seeing you know the nature in that area itself and the the animal life and it was totally totally enjoyable yeah so highly highly recommended the mission trail in san antonio and it's free it is free it is free yes you have to rent the bike but if you're going to do that but yeah but if you're just going to go to the the walk itself yeah yeah so the next thing we did in san antonio was visit historic market square and Julie, I'm going to ask you to take this one too. Okay. Market Square is the largest Mexican market outside of Mexico. It's a three-block outdoor plaza filled with a combination of hundreds of restaurants, shops, handicrafts, fresh produce stands. It is the uh, shopping district that also hosts many of the Hispanic festivals in the area. It reminded me a little bit of Olvera Street, Street in yeah. Los Angeles, <laughs> But I think somewhat bigger. Bigger. Yeah. It was bigger. Olvera Street was bigger once upon a time, but it has kind of shrunk down over the years. It used to be huge. It was, it was massive. But this reminded me more of the old Olvera Street that we used to visit. Yeah. So, so if you want to get fun. a taste of the Mexican culture in food, in items that you could take away with you, this area is the largest Mexican market in the entire United States well worth a visit if you're in yeah, town. Yeah, we, we spent about an hour there. Mm-hmm. And we arrived a little bit late. It was in, just before the closing time. And some of the sellers had already began to break down and put things away. So we would say, get there a little bit earlier than we did. Closing time was... It seemed it like was close to evening. six or something. Yeah, it was yeah. evening, you know, like, like early evening yeah. time. The restaurants do stay open mm-hmm. um, for dinners. So they call this El Mercado's Shopping District, and it is the largest in the U.S., the largest Mexican uh, market in the U.S. Yeah. So we have two more things we're going to share with you that we did when we were staying in San Antonio, but these next two things were not in San Antonio proper. They entailed us getting into a car to do some exploration, and as I try to suppress my cough, Julie, take it away on the next one. The first thing we did when we were uh, driving outside of San Antonio was we went to the Natural Bridge Caverns. We enjoyed even the drive there. I mean, it was just beautiful landscapes on our travels there. From San Antonio, it took us roughly 40, 45 minutes to get there. We left early in the morning from San Antonio and we stopped for breakfast first. And then we went on to the natural caverns and it was a good way to spend, you know, the first part of the day. It was was very enjoyable, nice, relaxing drive, um, some beautiful scenery. Now, I think I recall for these, this is one of the attractions that we ended up getting tickets for before we left. Yes. So I think I had read something about that it can get popular at certain times of the year. We wanted to see this. So we did buy tickets in advance. And so they were timed tickets for a particular day. Yeah. 
Right. So we planned out our day accordingly. There was a good number of people there while we were there. It, yep. seemed, it wasn't like overly crowded, but there was a good number of people there. But the caverns themselves were amazing to see. So they take you down a pathway. The pathway is a bit of a downhill. It has... Um, an incline that might be difficult for some. I believe they have wheelchair access for areas. So um, you can call them and find out if you do have some kind of disability, are they able to assist you with whatever that disability is? They seem very accommodating. Yeah, I, w- I would that. check into that because yeah. I'm not recalling how um, ADA friendly it was. I believe it was. But I don't know to what extent you get into the caverns because that once you get in the caverns, it starts to get a bit trickier. Yeah. And once you're down there, you're seeing all the stalactites and stalagmites and all of those cave type formations formed over probably tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of years. Yeah. Just um, incredible it to see. It was absolutely incredible. And and it was just discovered by, I believe, some people that were foresting in the area, and they just stumbled upon it. And somebody with foresight decided to preserve it. So it's a really, really neat thing to see, very fun. There are some recommendations, you know, when you when you um, book your scheduled time, make sure you read all the print because there's some really good recommendations for when you enter that cave and what you might need and shoes that you wear and mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. like that. Yep, yep. All right, so the same day of our trip to the caverns, we would then continue driving. We took a 90-minute further drive from the caverns to a town that you discovered yes. for us called Pana Maria. Pana Maria. How did I discover that? I don't know. I was Google searching. Mm-hmm. And just for things in the area of San Antonio. This caught my eye because... It is about a 90-minute drive from the caverns, so, you know, it was, it was a, you know, good drive. But we were so fascinated because it has an incredible Polish heritage story behind it. Yeah, the oldest Polish yeah. immigrant settlement in the United States. I did not know that prior to our trip. No, and I was just like, we have to go. We have to go. Yep. There's just no doubt that we have to go. So we decided to add this to our day, and we drove out of town... After we were done with the caverns, we decided to take off for the Pana Maria. We didn't even know what we would find. I mean, I had no clue what would actually be there. I knew there was a church there. I knew there was that St. John Paul had visited there when he was Pope. Yeah, I think we and knew that's about it. that there wasn't going to be a lot. No, yeah, we knew that. Well, I mean, we sometimes just like to head out and see what we're going to see. And this was yeah. one of those, we'll just go explore and yeah. make the most of whatever we, we come across. Yeah. So we got there. The town was very, very small. And we're we talking small. We're talking like, it felt like two blocks by two maybe, blocks small. Maybe two I mean, blocks. Yeah, really it was small. Very small. It had the church, a beautiful church there with a nice uh, heritage site building um, that they had built, I believe, after Pope John Paul had visited. Yeah. And it was the largest structure in the area. Yeah. It was the biggest thing there. We spent some really quiet time in the church. Yeah, so that was open. Yeah. So the church was open, mm-hmm. but the town itself, it did have a little museum, but the museum was closed. I knew it had a museum, but I didn't know it would be closed. And I don't know if it's a museum or a welcome center, a small building across the street from the church. They called it a museum. Yeah. So this is one of those places, if you're interested to go, you would want to find out in advance what are the opening hours 
of the museum slash welcome center, as well as the um, the larger building that's on the property where the church is, which seemed to be like some kind of hall that was also, I think, museum-like. Yeah, that was at Heritage Center. Yeah, okay, there yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. So we thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think it's because we're so immersed in your Polish history yeah. that it was it was an incredible thing for us to see. But I would suggest when you go uh, on your journeys and you go to certain cities, try to look outside of the city and see what's available outside and take those trips because you could find some pretty fascinating things. And San Antonio itself does have a history of immigrants from multiple areas, most of them from Mexico, probably South America as well, but there's also some European Mm -hmm. Immigrant history as Incredible well. Incredible history. So yeah. I think there's things there for people with like with German heritage, mm-hmm. with other heritage. So those are the kind of things you can seek out and um, make those add-ons to your trip. Yeah. So yeah, we we did this one because as you mentioned, I have I'm a first generation Pol- Polish American, mm-hmm. and um, you know after spending some time in the church and just walking the grounds, we then went to the the local cemetery. Yeah. Spend some time walking around that. Cemeteries are also sometimes interesting. Well, Polish so, cemeteries are yeah. very interesting because the cultural background of their cemeteries is you do not let it go to, to ruin. It is constantly upkept. And when we were in Poland, that was a perfect example of that. I mean, it was absolutely yeah. amazing. Probably the most stum- stunning cemeteries stunning. I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Those are four items that we did during our trip in San Antonio, in addition to the four that we spoke about on the last episode. Um, What if we had more time? Yeah, so if we had more time, or if you're looking for additional things to do, we're going to toss out just a few things that you might add to your itinerary. The first being the largest Virgin Mary mosaic in the world. So if you're looking for the world's largest anything, Texas is a good place to start. Host to everything grandiose, The queen-size state holds records in many things, but the Guadalupe Cultural Center in San Antonio is the only place that can claim the largest Virgin Mary mosaic in the world. It's four stories tall. Yeah. And if you're looking for big things and tall things in San Antonio, there's the largest boots in Texas, which you can drive by for a photo opportunity. You have a Japanese tea garden. That's renowned in San Antonio. Along the themes of saints and uh, uh, things Catholic, there's St. Teresa of Lisieux painting. It's a priceless work of art that hangs in the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Little Flower that was created by the saint's own blood sister. The art shows St. Teresa, known as the Little Flower of Jesus, holding flowers and a cross while surrounded by angels. So another thing, if you're interested in, Mm -hmm. it was also seen by the Pope and blessed by the Pope in 1927. Yeah. And for activities that perhaps might be attractive to families with young kids, you have San Antonio SeaWorld, which is the largest marine adventure park in the SeaWorld chain. It also has roller coasters, water slides, and swimming pools. And you also have the San Antonio Zoo, which is the third largest zoo in the United States. Also within San Antonio itself is the Tower of Americas. It's a 700-foot tall tower that can be seen from anywhere in the city. It's the tallest building in San Antonio, and I believe there's a restaurant on top, right? Yeah. In fact, we were going to go there either to eat or to get a drink, 
but there was no getting in. You had to have reservations. Yeah. And, uh, you know, by the time I, I think we learned about it, we, we had seen it as we were driving around and I had, you know, tried to see if we could get in. And um, at least during our time there, there wasn't enough time to make a reservation. Right. So on a future trip, perhaps. So if you are interested in visiting San Antonio, there are certain things that kicked in for me as far as our going right after Christmas. And that's just, they have beautiful Christmas decorations along their river walk, you know, and it stays up till the early part of January. They also have the Alamo Bowl, if you're into sports. And there was so much Alamo Bowl activity during our trip, which just made for a super festive atmosphere. Mm -hmm. In April, there is a 10-day citywide celebration or fiesta that captures the city's many cultures with music, food, Fairs, parades, a carnival, and much more. The event is attended by nearly 3 million people every year, and more than 100 events are hosted as part of the festival. Summer, it can be unbearable for many people because it does have high humidity and high temperatures that sometimes exceed the 90-degree Fahrenheit mark. So April through November are your prime times to visit San Antonio. Yeah, and by the time this episode hits... is probably in the time frame that some people start thinking about what they're going to do like around the Christmas holidays. Mm -hmm. So if you've not been to San Antonio, it's a wonderful place to visit, especially during the Christmas season. So uh, we'd suggest, you know, consider it for a future winter destination. And with that, Julie, thank you for carrying the bulk of the load on this (laughs) podcast because my COVID cough has not gone away And depending how it goes, we'll kind of play it by ear in terms of when our next episode will be, Mm -hmm. because this one is, this thing has taken a while to get over. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. May you you all stay healthy and free from COVID. Amen. Yeah. So we hope you heard some things that will help you plan your future visit to San Antonio. And if you're not subscribing to us yet, take a minute to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite source for podcasts and catch up on our future episodes. And we would really appreciate it if you would like to leave a review or comments for us. We love that. You can also follow our adventures most weeks on our YouTube channel, The Places Where We Go. So until next time, thanks for joining us. And I hope you have pleasant and wonderful summer vacations planned. Bye for now. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One, the number one. And you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube, where our channel name is The Places Where We Go. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at the places where we go. See you next time. Bye now.